Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. If you don't know Jesus, you're welcome to come and hang out. But if you're here to cause trouble, there's the door. We'll see you later. You can come back when you want to be about Jesus. But if you want to be about causing problems, there's the door. Don't let it hit you where the good Lord split you, right? That's what I used to hear all the time growing up. Well, we're supposed to be politically correct. No, no. We're supposed to be on guard from wolves. And they are all around. Like cutting down a tree, irreverent babble chops away at the Word of God until unholiness becomes a myth. It'll lead you into more and more ungodliness. And as it increases, the ungodliness within you gets bigger and bigger. Today, Pastor James will continue reading through the book of 2 Timothy, where you'll see Paul warn Timothy to avoid irreverent babble. Many unknowingly engage in it. They talk and talk without realizing they have no fear for the Lord as they fall to the ground. Now here's Pastor James in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. And we're like, whoa, 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 hit the brakes. Like, we definitely do not like that part. Well, I can understand you not liking that part um, if you're not really committed to him. Because there are a lot of people, and this could be speaking of like an apostate, ones who will fall away in the end, who may profess, who may say, Lord, Lord, but don't really know him. And when something better comes along, they say, "Ah, I'm done with Jesus. I'm done with this Jesus thing, and I'm going to pursue this. Or it's getting too hard trying to do all this church stuff and and Jesus and all that. I'm just going to do my own thing and all that. There is a danger. There is a danger for those individuals. I don't think there's any reference here at all of believers losing their salvation. Some people might want to try to go there with that. That's not really contextually. that's That's not what's being talked about here. So if you're thinking like, oh man, I don't want to, I don't want him to deny me. Listen, he says, if you just keep reading, he makes it clear, okay? If we deny him, he will also deny us, right? And even Jesus said that in the gospel. He's like, listen, you deny me, I'll deny you before my father. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I think he's taking this commitment thing pretty seriously. I think he takes this whole, you know, do what I say thing kind of seriously. Yeah, and you should take it that way. Paul goes on to say, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. There alleviates a lot of pressure in following Jesus. Because guess what? You, just like me, are a mess up. You mess up all the time. You blow it. You're in a good club because we're all in the same club together. We mess up. We blow it. And it's not about our faithfulness as being 100% all the time. It's about his faithfulness to his word. If we are faithless, and at times we are, he remains faithful. And then the last little part, here's the icing on the top. For he cannot deny himself. Listen, once you are a child of God, there's not a point in time where he cuts you off because you're a part of him. 
And there's no point in time in scripture that we ever see or have reference of him like physically like removing an element of his body. Even if that element or that part of the body is worthless, is not doing its job. So we, we understand the, the, the illustration there, and Paul would use it in the church of Corinth of like, listen, we're, we're all parts of this body, and you know, some may be an eyeball, some may be a mouth, some may be this or that or whatever. Jesus doesn't say, well, my ear's not really working, so chop that thing off and throw it away. He doesn't do that. If you're a part of his body, even if you might be at a season in your life pretty worthless, like not really doing anything for him and not really obeying him, he remains faithful. That should be an encouragement to all of us to be like, I want to be obedient to him. Because that is like grace upon grace. And that certainly is not how we act. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So that's a good, that should be a good encouragement for, for us. In, in the end times, there will be ones who, they, they depart from the faith. They just depart from the faith. Did they ever really know Jesus more than likely, they were kind of like what Jesus described as one saying, Lord, Lord, I did all these miracles for you. I did all this stuff for you, for you, for you. Jesus, it was all for you. And he's like, um, I'm sorry, have we met? You're not a part of my body. That will happen. There will come a time. And more than likely, it's something that is continually happening even to this day. But we know the closer we get to his return, this will intensify. And you will really see the wheat separated from the chaff, so to speak. You'll know that because they'll start identifying themselves. Like, you turn the temperature up and individuals who aren't really about Jesus will, will quickly bail out. Be like, nope, nope, sorry, I'm out. I didn't sign up for this. It's like, okay. Well, you weren't a good soldier. You certainly weren't a hardworking farmer. You're a horrible athlete. You're, you're kind of a cheater. <laughs> You disqualified, you know? You bailed on Jesus. Okay, well, but if you've committed your life to Jesus, and this is what Timothy needed to know, this is what you and I need to know, we just stay focused on him. Stay focused. The persecution might intensify, the temperature might get turned up, but that should also intensify your connection to Jesus, your bond to him. Stick closer to him. Hold fast to him. Verse 14, let's, let's run through these as fast as we can like a good athlete. <laughs> All right. Remind them of these things. Timothy, here's your job. And especially concerning those that you're, you're going to pour these truths into, remind them of these things and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. He's like, listen, Timothy, he's like, you got, there's always going to be stuff happening within the church and people want to get caught up on all this and this. It's distractions. You stay focused. You stay focused. You don't give an opportunity for some of these ones who want to come in and say like, well, you know, let's start talking about some of this stuff or let's start talking. No, we're here to do what God has called us to do, period. We want to be about his word and we want to be about the gospel. We want to be about Jesus. I don't got time for any of the other stuff. I just don't. Time is running out. Paul says that, you know, that, that's, that can be just damaging. There will be some further elaboration on that. But do your best to present yourself as one who's been approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. And that's speaking of a worker whose boss shows up and is inspecting his work as it's going on. 
right? You should never be like ashamed of that. If you have a job where maybe somebody oversees you in the work that you do, you should be a good worker to where they can come and check out your work anytime they want and not catch you cutting corners, right? I mean, we sometimes wrestle with that at times, right? You know, it maybe it would be a lot quicker if I just did it this way. Well, that's not what he asked you to do. So that's what Paul is talking about there. Rightly handling the word, the word of truth or um, cutting straight the word of truth is what that's saying. Verse 16, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. Of course they are by saying that. Like, oh, you missed it. It's happened already. You missed out. Uh, we know one of these guys we're, we're learning up for the first time. The other guy uh, from First Timothy, Paul booted him out of the church. <laughs> He's like, listen, we kicked this dude out. I, I gave him over to Satan. We booted this guy out of the church, and there was a good reason for that. He's causing problems within the church. Well, you shouldn't do that. That's not nice. No, you should. Somebody comes into this church and is causing, you know, issues or irreverent babble, trying to lead people away from the truth and into more and more ungodliness, leave. Would never feel bad for booting somebody out who's trying to disrupt what the Lord might be doing. I don't care. There's no place in here for that. There's no place in the church for that. The church should be about what? The building up of the body, edifying, encouraging, glorifying God, glorifying Jesus, healing. Oh, we want to come in and we want to start talking about maybe some of this stuff. And, you know, at this point in time, maybe Gnosticism and and things like that. It's like, no, get out. You can be here, but you got to be about Jesus, right? Because that's what we're about. That's what we want to be about. If you don't know Jesus, you're welcome to come and hang out. But if you're here to cause trouble, there's the door. We'll see you later. You can come back when you want to be about Jesus. But if you want to be about causing problems, there's the door. Don't let it hit you where the good Lord split you, right? That's what I used to hear all the time growing up. We're supposed to be politically correct. No, no. We're supposed to be on guard from wolves. And they are all around. Part of the pastor's role is to do that, but also part of the ones that the pastor is investing in and pouring into, that's their job as well. So we all need to be on guard. We all need to be on guard for the protection of the sheep and and, and guarding against that. And man, you want to create an environment where people can walk through these doors and may not have a relationship with Jesus, but they will find him or he technically finds them there in one sense. That's what you want. This, what was happening in the churches back then, not all of them, but especially the ones Timothy was having to deal with, this was a common problem. People, believers were being upset because of just the garbage that was being brought into the church. It was nonsense, but it was being brought into the church and it's just all a distraction. Verse 19, but God's firm foundation stands bearing the seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So the Lord knows who belong to him. And everyone who does belong to him, who names the name of the Lord, well, depart from iniquity, you know, just time to leave stuff behind. And in God's firm foundation, it really, in one sense, this could be speaking of the church that he has established. It stands firm. And so to elaborate on that a little bit more, he goes into this next illustration. Now in a great house, 
They're not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, thus kind of going back to that, you know, departing from iniquity, cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So he's going to use this illustration of a house and things that are contained within the house. And I mean, we, we get it. We understand this. And there's some vessels, there's some things that you break out. You know, you got company coming over and all that stuff. We'll use the, like, the real plates. And then when it's just you, it's just paper plates, right? Like, that's just how it is. That's how we roll. We're like, listen, I don't want to do dishes. But there are different containers within your house that serve different functions. And that's the way it's set up. And there's times where it's like, I'm not going to drink, you know, my coffee in the morning out of, you know, a, a waste bin or a waste basket kind of. That's not its purpose. And number one, it's been filled with stuff. If I were to want to do that, well, what would I, that would need to be cleaned out. And considering the fact that I'm somewhat of a germaphobe, that would have to be like very sanitized, okay? Like very, like absolutely, completely. But what Paul is saying here to Timothy is like, listen, there's different vessels within the house. There's different opportunities for these containers to be used, and they're used at different times. So for you, just so you understand, because you might be frustrated, you're like, man, Lord, why aren't you using me? Maybe it's not your time. Maybe the job hasn't arisen for him to put you into use, right? You got to trust the master of the house. You're just a vessel. Now, you make yourself available to him, and your role, your responsibility is to be a clean vessel. That's on you. Wait a minute. I thought Jesus, Jesus does cleanse you from sin. Absolutely. We know that. 1 John 1, 9. He totally does. But it's also the believer's responsibility to clean yourself. It, that's our responsibility. He will do it. He's faithful. He will absolutely do that. However, just like Paul had said, like everyone who names the name of the Lord, depart from iniquity. So, you know, quit rolling around in the mud. <laughs> like, there's got to be a point in time in our lives where we're like, you know what? I should probably stop doing that. Yeah, you should. Because number one, whatever it may be, could be hindering you from being used by God. You're his vessel. But if you're always filled with junk you're going to remain on the shelf. Because I'm not drinking my coffee out of a cup that just got used to scoop all the dog food out of the bowl and put into the dog's bowl. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to. That's gross, all right? What needs to happen? That thing needs to be cleaned. Number one, never use my coffee cup to do that, right? That's the rule in the house. Then don't ever do that, right? I will buy a plastic cup for that, okay? We need to be presentable to the Lord for his use, fit for the master's use, at all times. Do we get a little dusty? Do we get a little dirty living in this world? Absolutely. Well, how do I get clean? Well, I mean, the Lord was pretty clear when he said that his word will wash us clean. The husband's role to his wife is to wash her clean with the word of God. The same applies to us as individuals. You want to be clean well, yeah, number one, if you're sinning, then you confess your sin to the Lord, and he is faithful and just to cleanse you of all, what? Unrighteousness, iniquities, sins, all the stuff, all the junk. But you've got to stay in the word. You should let this thing be washing over you continually, cleaning you. So what? So that you're fit for the master's use. 
Now, you might be thinking like, well, man, he's not using me, so does that mean I'm like, am I dirty? Am I struggling with something? It doesn't seem like I am. And you also need to understand the situation, it may not have arisen yet for him to pull you off the shelf to use you, okay? I wrote mine, be patient, be clean. That's what you should get from this. You want to be used by the Lord? Be patient, be clean. You don't know. That moment could come a little bit later today. That moment could come tomorrow where he's like, hey, where did I put that cup there in Galveston? Where did I put that guy? Oh, oh man, it's filthy. Well, I'll just use this other cup over here. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, be patient, be clean, okay? Always, always just, you know, invite the Lord to examine you. Lord, search me out. If there be any iniquity in me, any sin in me, Lord, find it. Find it. Let's deal with it. Be clean, all right? Verse 21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, distinct, uh, useful for the master of the house, ready for every good work, whatever may present itself to you. Goes on, the last part here. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. A lot of times we, we associate like... Um, like sexual sin with this thing. That's not necessarily the case here, okay? So is it a part of it? Because we always think youthful passion. I mean, our brains immediately go there. I don't know about you guys, but you think about like when you're a kid and you're like, oh yeah, a lot of it was sexual probably, right? Like driven by those passions and out of control hormones and things like that. That's applicable to Timothy for sure. But there are other youthful passions that go beyond sex, I think we know that. I hope we understand that. Some of those things that Timothy needed to be aware of, yes, p- uh, purity for sure was one thing that he needed to pursue. Um, but other things that he needed to be cautious of, especially for a young man, was that of arrogance. That of arrogance, that can tend to be, especially in ministry, with younger individuals. Arrogance. They know it all. Oh, I know it all. Yeah, okay, well, good. I'm glad you know it all. Give it 10 years, and then you'll realize you know nothing, right? Like, just give it some time. That'll go away pretty quickly, okay? Or there might be this, this desire to want to argue and debate, prove themselves right and all that stuff. Sometimes that can be associated as a youthful passion. Does that go away? Sometimes, sometimes not. Timothy is supposed to be on guard from all this stuff, but The youthful passions, you flee those things, kind of like Joseph and Potiphar's wife. You you run away from those things. But if you're going to run away from something, that means that you have to run towards something else. So you don't flee from one youthful passion to the other youthful passion. No, you got to flee from the youthful passions, plural, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. All ministers, all individuals, anybody who's a believer in Jesus, this is what you should be running after. Righteousness, right living, right? Right, just living, like holy kind of living, set apart. Faith, love, and peace. All by yourself. Nope, you'll never make it. So be be on guard of who you're rolling with, who you're running with, okay? Make sure you're all running down the same path together. Make sure that, you know, if they're calling on the name of the Lord, that's being done from a, a pure heart as well. Like there's no ulterior motives or anything like that. But you're like, 
then we are running for righteousness. We are running towards faith and toward love and towards peace. And we're doing this together because you'll never make it on your own. Verse 23, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. This is like a common thing. Paul is in, this is like the third time Paul's mentioned something within the same realm. He's like, people go to showing up to church and they want to talk about all this stupid stuff. Stop it. Quit it. Ignorant. I love that word. Ignorant. I use that all the time. Ignorant. And sometimes wrongly. Um, and I will address other drivers as ignorant. And my kids will correct me on that. But I'm like, Ugh. concerning these controversies within the church, there's no place for them. They're ignorant. They're stupid. They are lacking sense. They are idiotic. I'm trying to think of all the different types of you know, words I can use to, to make sure I clarify this. Um, when we gather together, it's not that our conversations have to always be just about Jesus, but our conversations need to be honoring to him, honoring to him, glorifying to him. You could talk about the weather and glorify Jesus at the same time. I don't know if you could do that with politics, but you could try. I don't know, but you, there, you can work Jesus into conversations. You can, but I know it's difficult at times because I can talk to some friends about sports all day long and never mention Jesus. But then I can talk to other friends about Jesus all day long and never mention sports. What I want is to be able to have conversations or you know, as we function as a church and stuff, that are just, man, how do, we, how do I bring the Lord into this? How do I bring the Lord into this? Okay? The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance. This is why we need to be patient with individuals. He may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Now, that's a terrifying thing in and of itself, right? Like, the enemy is out there. He's on the prowl. He's looking to devour whomever he may. But he's looking to bring people down into what? To capturing them, imprisoning them, and to having them do his will. We, as servants of the Lord, especially with working in the church and all that stuff, man, you can't be fighting with people. You can't be quarrelsome. You need to be kind to everyone. You need to be able to teach. You need to be patiently enduring evil, correcting opponents with what? With gentleness. Not to prove them wrong and to show how right you are or anything like that. It's with gentleness. Because it may be through your kindness that he leads others to repentance, as Paul would say to the church in Corinth. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. You got issues with somebody who is maybe caught up in a snare maybe running away from the Lord, maybe he's maybe trapped by the enemy. It's his kindness that leads to repentance. Serving in the church and everything, that's one thing that needs to be there. Be firm, but also gentle. That iron fist with the velvet glove, as they used to describe Abraham Lincoln at times. You just, you're firm, but you're gentle and kind and in dealing with individuals. And so for us, I think one of the biggest takeaways, it seems as though is, listen, each and every one of us should be wanting to be used by God. Be patient, be clean. That would be my encouragement to every one of us. The Lord is faithful. He will come through for you. He will use you. He'll surprise you in, many, in so many different ways. But you as the vessel that was created by him for his purpose and for his use, be clean and be patient. Hopeless, hopeless, 
We're so glad that you tuned in today to learn from God's Word on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James has shared much from 2 Timothy, and there are good things that you can take with you, even all these years after the book was written. If you'd like to explore more teachings from this study or other books of the Bible, you can do so at our website, breadforthebroken.com. We would also love to meet you, so if you're in the Galveston area, come join us this Sunday for worship. Calvary Galveston meets at 10 a.m. for a time of praising the Lord. Please come just as you are. We want to meet you. For directions to our church and more information, visit breadforthebroken.com. And if you're not able to come in person, that's okay. We're streaming our weekly services on Facebook Live. Just search for Calvary Galveston. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask for your partnership in this ministry. We're grateful to have you as a listener, and we'd love to have this ministry covered in your prayers. We ask that more people would listen and genuinely hear the truth about Jesus. Pray for lives to be changed. Also pray that all of those involved in Bread for the Broken would have open hearts to hearing where God would lead. And if you feel led, we're also grateful for financial support. Visit breadforthebroken.com and go to the About tab to learn more or to connect with us if you have any questions. Our time with you has come to an end today, but join us again next time here on Bread for the Broken.